So we got into, we, we began last week, our series is called Deep Waters. And I want to just sort of summarize a little bit as we move forward what was covered last week to just kind of get us all on the same page here. But, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in, in life um, that we have a response for. You know, car breaks down, you take it to the mechanic. I mean, something happens, you just kind of have a response for. But there's things that happen to us as we move through our life at times that, frankly, we do not have a response for. There's really nothing that we know of that we can turn to other than God that we can find strength and we can find answers and we can find solutions to see us through that. Um, you know, you see a lot of things with, with families and people as you pastor. You see people that, you know, um, marriage starts to fall apart for whatever reason or people become sick or a loved one is lost or there's a lot of things that start to happen and all of the, the, the forms of security that we've known, that we've thought we could really rely on. You know, we've got our business or our job. We've got our career. We've got our house. We've got all these things in order. And so we're stable. We're secure. And all of a sudden, something hits you in life where it's like the rug gets just ripped out from under you. And you're just like, whoa, like none of this stuff even matters. This can't help me. This can't do anything for me in this moment and in this time. And it's in those moments that we really be become aware of how in desperate we are for God to intervene, for God to be involved in our lives in a supernatural way, and he will surely see us through in those moments and in those times. And so I want to just begin by reading this verse out of Isaiah chapter 40, and this is in the New Living Translation, verses 28 through 31. It says, have you have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Father, I ask you today, Lord, to just move in this place. Speak through me. God, anoint me to just deliver this truth. Help us to all have an encounter experience with you that changes us forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So in this verse, you know, we see where he's talking about even the youths will grow weary. Even, even the strongest of men physically, our youth, all of us will, are, are prone to or will, can succumb to a state of weariness or exhaustion in, in, our, in our spiritual man if we continue to go forth and move forward without being refreshed and, and strengthened in our spirit man by God. We talked a little bit about how, you know, if, if you are... Let's say you're, you're moving along and you're just trying to do the called things and the work that God has called you to do. And you're on a mission, which is great. But you do 
go forward in such a way where you're not taking time to just be refreshed, to just allow God to speak to you, to reveal more of himself to you, to spend time, you know, knowing God in a more intimate and personal way. It's like the source of what is giving us the ability to to do the things that we're called to do. If we take ourselves out from under that, if we don't continue to stay refreshed in that, it's only a matter of time before we move along and we become weary or fatigued and our spirit man starts to get drained and by the time we start to really realize it it's almost like oh my gosh things are already starting to unravel and we have to take a step back and we have to get refreshed and we have to be energized and to me this is really what these few weeks are about it's not really like we're just teaching a series as much as we're trying to just step back and say God we're here to seek you to approach you and and to just put everything else aside for a bit and say, we need to receive something refreshing. We need to receive revelation. We want to know you more and in a deeper and more intimate way. And we are going to press in and we're going to do that until we see you move. And let this be a course or a pattern or a habit that we all continue to get into in our lives as we move forward. We don't ever want to go weeks and months and days and years without really stepping back and just being refreshed by the Holy Spirit and by God in a way where it keeps us strong and ready for the things that are ahead of us. You know, it says right here in that scripture, it says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, there's an interesting way to look at that because what that means is it's like you're saying, I am going to camp out here. I am going to keep pressing and keep driving forward here until something breaks open and I see God move and do something here in my life that I need him to do. I don't know what it necessarily is or what it's going to look like or how it's going to play out, right? God understands all that, but I am going to continue to just press in and seek God until he opens something up or open, gives me a picture of who he is in a fresh and new way where it's like it's exactly what I need in my inner man. And, you know, you hear stories of really successful, uh, like, generals and battles that took place in, in older times. And one of the things that they would do if they came in in ships and they would, uh, you know, put the ship's dock at, at the, uh, the beach is they would burn the ships down. The, the generals would burn all the ships so they couldn't retreat. There's no turning back. What he's saying is we are moving forward and going back is not an option. And I think what I'm really trying to do in these weeks, I want us to just press in and say, we are going to see God move. We are going to see God do something, show up. He's going to meet us where we are. We're going to get a revelation. We're going to get a miracle. We're going to get refreshed. We're going to get strengthened. And we're going to see that what waiting upon the Lord and those will renew their strength is really all about. Are you with me in that? I just, I, and you, you see... In times in the Bible where many of, of the great leaders would do this. You know, Moses spent 40 days on, on the mountain. He wasn't coming down until God showed up and he got a glimpse of his glory. You know, Jesus went and spent 40 days in the wilderness praying and seeking God before he went to do the, the earthly ministry for three and a half years that he needed great strength to be able to do. 
Right? Daniel would spend much time in prayer and fasting until he heard from the Lord. And then he could go forward and he could do what he needed to do. But many times we get caught up in this place where we just start doing, doing, doing. And we haven't really been refreshed. We haven't really drank from the source, from the well that we really need to receive from so that we can move forward. And we're doing it in a, in a refreshed and strengthened state. Not in a way where we just start to get more and more wearisome and fatigued along the way because we're not partaking of the very source of refreshing that we need to do that and carry that out. I ended last week on a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Let's go there. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So you have to understand that when God wants to move, when God wants to do something in our, our lives, when he wants to reveal something to us, give us a revelation of himself, strengthen us, do, do a miraculous work in us, that it's, it's a spiritual move. It's, it's a move of his spirit that is happening in our inner man. It's not something that happens in the head or something that we can really wrap our brains around he's saying listen if if i i want to reveal things to you about me the deep unsearchable god wants us to know him in a way that's ever increasing but it cannot happen the great plans of our destiny the great things of our future of god and who he is it cannot happen if we are trying to find it in some sort of mental intellectual or physical type of pursuit it's interesting if you if you think about this right now there are tons of like radio frequencies flying around in the air outside around us you can't see any of them but it's happening right I mean, I don't even know how many radio stations that there are that you could listen to right now, but there's a bunch of them. But what do you have to do if you want to listen to a certain radio station? Let's say you want to tune in to Joy FM or you know, KC95 or whatever. You've got to dial in what? That frequency. You've got to dial into that frequency, and if you touch that frequency, you're going to hear with crystal clarity exactly what's on that particular station. But if you're not dialed into that frequency... You're not going to be able to receive or hear or know anything about what's going on there. See, if we want to get tuned into the Spirit of God, if we want God to really speak and move and we want to see the miraculous things happen in our lives, it's, it's a move of the Spirit. Our spirit has to be in tune with God's Spirit and be receiving all it is that He wants to do. And a lot of times people approach God or they approach things from, a, from an intellectual place and really, quite frankly, so much of what happens that God does when he speaks to us and when he shows himself to us, it happens and is received in our spirit, but our head just really can't wrap 
itself around it. The mind begins to fall in line later with what the Spirit has already received. And so God wants to move and he wants to do things in our life. He wants to help us experience him in a deeper way. He's got great things planned for us. But in order for that to just be something that continues to well up and grow and and blossom in our lives, it has to be something where we are steadily engaged on a spiritual level where we are spending time and being refreshed with God in his word and in prayer and that type of spiritual activity so we're tuned into the right frequency so God is doing what he wants to do right we've got to make sure I mean we spend so much time doing so many things in our lives that we put priorities on and value on and and I'm the same way okay but let me ask you this really when you get down to it what is more important what is the most important thing that we need to make sure we've got in order, that we've got set right, that is is first in our lives. It must be God. It must be our relationship with God. If that's the source that gives us what we need to do everything else we do, it, it only makes sense that he can't be a little box on the side. He can't be like a compartment of our lives. We have to saturate ourselves with pursuing God, with knowing him and seeking him and constantly drinking from that cup that he freely wants to give to us. And as we do, we, we, we walk in an ongoing state of being refreshed, of staying strengthened and strong. And when something hits us from the left or something hits us from the right, we don't have to turn around and say, oh my gosh, I'm in a weakened state. I got to get to a place now and get refreshed. You could say, I am staying refreshed. I am walking in strength. I am receiving from God on a regular basis. And my spirit man is strong and ready and my faith is able. See, faith, faith is a spiritual thing. We have faith from our spirit man, not our head. Right. You can't rationalize faith. So if that's true, then the spirit man had better be getting strengthened and refreshed and stirred up on a regular basis through the right frequency of communicating with God and receiving from him so that we are walking ongoing in that strengthened state. Now, listen to this. In order to the deep things of God fascinate me. They really fascinate me. I mean, it's just, I can't get enough of this. Turn to Job, chapter 38. And this is God speaking to Job. Now listen to this. This is amazing. God says to Job, he says, where were you, verse 4, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Because Job, he's having a little pity party right now. Rightly so. The dude had a lot of crazy stuff happen, okay? I'd be crying in my soup too probably. But he's having a pity party. He's complaining to God, telling God, you need to do this, you need to do that. He's, he's suggesting to the creator of the universe how to fix his problems and what he needs to do, okay? Not exactly a good move, just point, uh, point to take with you. So here's what God says. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. A little bit of sarcasm there. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. 
Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, this far you may come but no further, and here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its places? The Bible also says that God carved and scooped out the oceans with his, with his hand. This is the God that we serve. He is magnificently bigger than anything we could imagine. He is deeper than any type of deep place we could even think about. And he's saying to Job, he's saying, think about how, think about the vastness of who I am, right? Think about how he's reminding Job of how big he is. And it's good for us to, to, to contemplate that, to really just let that sink in, that God is the creator of everything. He's outside of it all. And when we, when we get a glimpse of how big, just an idea of how big God really is, it can begin to change us because when you serve a big God, there are no big problems, right? I mean, God, in comparison to a huge God, everything we deal with is, is small because God is bigger than everything and he has the ability to, 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 to move on our behalf in any situation. Now listen to this. Here's how big God is. There are 10 billion galaxies, supposedly, in the observable universe. And the number of stars in an actual galaxy kind of varies. But on an average, 100 billion stars per galaxy. On average. Give or take a few hundred million. Okay, And that means that there are 1 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. God made all of those. He created all of those. It's like this picture of God just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger when we start to look at his creation and all that he's done, right? Now, one of those galaxies is actually called uh, Andromeda. And they say that it's moving towards Earth and towards our galaxy. So just be aware, in 6 billion years, it's supposed to collide with our galaxy. So need to have a contingency plan in place, right? But listen to this. There's a, there's a galaxy that's supposedly the closest to the Earth. I'm just, I'm doing research. I mean, I'm not a scientist here. So Canis Majoris is a star in that galaxy. And Canis Major is the name of the galaxy. It was discovered in 2003. This is one of the billions or whatever of other galaxies that are out there, right? And in order to get there, it would take you about 4,000 light years to get to this place. This is the closest one of billions to our galaxy. It would take you about 4,000 light years. Now, in a light year, you actually would travel 6 trillion miles in a year. Like, really? What? You know, like, where do, you have to step back and you can't, the head can't even fathom these things. But God created this stuff, Right? He says, listen to this in Psalms 33, verses 6 and 7. This is in the NIV. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He breathed the stars out. He breathed them. I can't imagine if he sneezed. 
<laughs> you know, meteor shower. But he, I mean, we serve a God that's a star breather. He breathed out the stars, the billions, the trillions of stars that we can't even measure. Did you know if the earth were like 10 feet closer to the sun, 10 feet, we would all be disintegrated. And if it were 10 feet further, we would freeze in an instant. Don't tell me God doesn't have his hand on that thing. He's in complete control of the orbits of all of those planets and all of those solar systems and everything that's happening. This is the big God that we serve. I want to paint this picture for you because what I'm about to say next is, I believe, going to blow your mind. Because when you, when you step back and you, and you think about and you let the reality of God's vastness soak in, you have to also let God show you a picture of how close at the very same time, he is to you and me. The God that's bigger than everything, that created all of what I just explained to you. Did you know that star, Canis Majoris, that if you were to try to put the earth into it, that you could put one, the earth goes, our earth goes into our sun one million times, and you would have to put one billion suns into Canis Majoris to fit. That's how big that star is, that one star. That huge God lives and resides intimately within each and every one of us who receive Jesus as Lord. That great, big, vast, unsearchable, deep, beyond even understandable God lives by the person of the Holy Spirit inside each and every single one of us. David said in Psalm 139, he said, O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged behind me and before me and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Verse 13, he says, For you formed my inward parts. You've covered me or knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden for you, from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand when I awake. And when I awake, I am still with you. He's seen, we see this picture of this massive God. But at the same time, and it's, it's, a, it's a great mystery, folks, really. I mean, at the same time, God is right here living intimately inside each and every one of us. The full power, the full magnificence of our creator that breathed the stars. He's living inside each and every one of us who call Jesus our Lord. The fullness of that 
if, if that doesn't just cause your mind to freeze and your spirit to leap, I don't know what will. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 34, God doesn't give the spirit by measure. See, when God breathed his spirit into us and we were born again, we didn't get a piece of God. We didn't get some of his abilities, some of his power, some of his magnificence. We got the full person of God living inside of us. And the Bible says that he has numbered the hairs on our head. He is the one who sticks closer than a brother, never leave us or forsake us. The fullness of God is living inside of each and every one of us and, and, and is ready to lead us and guide us and direct us and strengthen us and refresh us in our lives so that we can do all that he's called us to do and created us to do. Is that not amazing to you or what? And think about this. this our body is made up of millions of cells, little cells. You start getting down to, you know, you see the skin and, and all this stuff here. You get down in there, there's little bitty cells, millions of them that make up our whole body. And supposedly, 96 million of these things die every day. And we replace them when they die because the cells divide. Now you know why you're so wore out and tired all the time, right? Whoo, that's a lot of work. 96 million cells just died off today. I had to replace them. I'm feeling a little, I need a nap. Huh. Inside of each one of those cells is, is this thing called DNA, which is our genetic code. It's, it's kind of like how it defines who we are and what our makeup is and all this stuff. I don't even understand, quite frankly, but it's quite fascinating. God went right down in there and he created all of that in us. But here's the amazing thing. This is just the physical man. This is just the physical man. This is just the flesh. See, we're made up of, th there's three layers to God's creation of us. There is the flesh, which is the body. Think of this in layers. This is the outermost part of us, okay? And you get down into cell DNA, and it's mind-boggling. Many scientists are still exploring and trying to figure out all kinds of stuff about that. But then you go beyond the flesh, the physical man, and you get to what, what the Bible describes as the soul, which is the, the mind and the emotions. Now, there's even more things that are a mystery to the world about the human mind and how fascinating it is and the way it works I mean, they don't even, they're just trying to figure stuff out all the time, right? You're hearing new discoveries about the human mind all, all the time. That's the, the second layer of the man. But you get down into what we call the spirit man is the innermost part of our being. It is the deepest part of you is your spirit. And it is the only part of you that is eternal, are you with me so far? And so your spirit resides in you. It is the innermost part. And God's spirit is living in you, wanting to strengthen that part, wanting to stir up and refresh that part of you. 
on an ongoing basis so that all of that strength and all of that truth and all of that faith continues to just move forward out of you into your life. And it's like the, the mind and the physical man begin to fall in line with what the spirit begins to see is true, is real about how God wrote your destiny and your purpose and the promises that he has for your life. The spirit man is the deepest part of us. Now, think about this. Let me tell a story first. Was it a couple months ago? I don't know. This was late last year. Some freak thing happened. I started having these abdomen pains. And I went in to the doctor, and he kind of pressed around, you know, and he's like, we probably need to get that checked out. That might be like a pancreatitis thing. All right, whatever, you know. I got things to do. <laughs> sure, I'll go. So I go and get this test done, and they do like an MRI. It turned out that there was a, there was a tear, a rupture in my colon and they were worried that you know stuff might leak out in my body and so they wanted to hospitalize me for three days or whatever was needed and put me up on an IV so that the, the inflammation could go down and there wouldn't be no risk of waste getting into my body you know so okay fine I gotta do this so I go in the hospital and I'm sitting in there and after about the first day I'm like I can't do this. I can't just sit in this hospital bed, right? So I get up, and the nurses are they're like, I'm doing push-ups, and I'm doing sit-ups and stuff. And they're like, whoa, like, you're not supposed to be doing that, you know? I'm like, I feel great, though. I really, I feel awesome. I'm serious. I just, I want to get out of here. And so they kind of monitored me and everything, and they're like, wow, you, you look great. You know, you look amazing. But I had heard all these stories about how, like, when you lay in bed for so long or you sit for so long, have you heard of the concept of atrophy? atrophy so the muscles they start to to atrophy I suppose is what it do they do and so they get stiff and they get kind of stagnant from use and they begin to get weak and, and they even start to de deteriorate and, and break down can, can you imagine if you only got out of bed for one hour a week what would your body begin to do over a month six months a year how physically strong and fit and able would you be? Really? Not at all. You know, the mind is, needs to be stimulated and sharp. You know, when you learn and you study new things and you engage in mental activity, and it's like you, you feel great, right? But if you just sat around and didn't do anything, didn't think, the mind would just become dull. So there's the physical man, there's the emotional man, but now let me ask you this. Why wouldn't that be even more magnified in the innermost part of who you are? If the spirit man is not regularly engaging with God in spiritual activity, being refreshed and being strengthened, what makes us think that we would possibly be able to face the spiritual battles that we would face in our lives in a strong and refreshed state in faith and ready to go? Just as the muscles atrophy, just as the mind grows dull, the spirit man can begin to get dormant and settled and God's saying, listen, I want you to stay engaged. I want you to stay refreshed. I want to keep you stirred up. 
We have to put spending time with God and, and just being with him and understanding more of who he is is such a priority in our lives that we say, I'll never go a week without getting out of bed. Are you with me? I, I mean, I am not, imagine if that happens. Now all of a sudden we don't even pray or we don't even seek God or we don't even read his word. It's weeks go by or months. I'm just, I'm just asking you to ask yourself that, right? Like, what do you think is happening in your spirit? Man, the eternal part of you, the part that's the strongest, deepest part of who you are. It's just, it's no activity that's happening. What, what would begin to happen? But on the opposite side of that, if I get up and I go out and I take a jog and I do a workout and I spend some time, right, really getting out there and, and getting my blood pumping and getting my heart beating, what, how do you feel? How many people loved it when after a workout you love it? Not before, after a workout. You love it, right? How many people just need to work out? Okay, so when you do that, do you not feel good? I mean, do you not feel refreshed? You're, you're like, yeah, you know, I feel better. And as you do that daily and consistently, what happens? Your energy levels are up. Your, your countenance is looking better. Your strength is feeling better. Your flat-out vitality is improved. Your strength, your health, everything. Right? Well, when you engage with the Spirit of God, when He begins to speak to you, when you spend time in prayer and seeking Him and sitting in His presence, you are refreshed in a greater way than the example that I just gave you could ever even explain. Your spirit is, is, is energized and refreshed and there's strengthened in a way your mind can't even fully understand and catch up to. But your spirit is alive and ready to go out and face whatever it is that God has for you to do in this world, which also means having a, a response and an opposition for all of the things that are trials and tribulations that will come at you as well. Are you with me? The deep calls out to deep. God is asking us into a deeper place with him in an ongoing basis. He wants, he wants to strengthen the inner man. He wants to strengthen the spirit man in a way where nothing, there's nothing else that can possibly satisfy the spirit, your spirit, except for God's spirit. Nothing else can stir it up. Nothing else can satisfy it. Nothing else can impart to it, can strengthen it. It must be a move of God's spirit. Let us be busy about the business of seeking and pursuing and desiring to know this vast, massive, unsearchable creator in an ever-increasing way as we move about our lives. If it is to be said that we are strong and mighty let it be said that we are strong and mighty in our spirit, man. That we are giants of faith, ready to walk out whatever it is that God has for us to do in our lives. Amen? Stand to your feet with me today. You know, you don't have to get God's attention. You already are his attention. We already are his attention. God loves all of us in a way that we can't even fathom. 
And he wants to be closer to you than any kind of relationship that you could possibly know. And the beautiful thing is, is that as we partake of that, that it, it stirs us up and strengthens us in such a way where we will see the greatest and most miraculous types of things happen in our life that nothing of the world can possibly do for us. The Bible says that God has put eternity in the heart of man. We are made and created to yearn for things which are eternal from our innermost being. And it's something that God has given us that we get to do. Not that we have to do. We get to have a close personal relationship with the creator of the billions and trillions of stars in the universe. He wants to speak to you, directly to you. He wants to know you each and every day. He wants to give you a revelation each and every day more of who he is. And as we do that, that's what the Bible means when it says that Christ reigns in our hearts, is that God is in control. He is, he is ruling in our hearts, and our spirit man is being changed and strengthened and transformed on a constant, ongoing basis. The Bible says that God wants to transform us more into His image and into His likeness. Never fully able to attain, but constantly busy about the pursuit of achieving. That God's Spirit transforms us from the inside out and we begin to look more and more like Jesus. It's amazing and only the Spirit of God can make those types of transformational changes in us. And I just truly believe and I end with this point that we must be, we the church, we must be a people who get a taste, constantly a taste of what heaven is like. Let the reality of eternity and an almighty God collide with our mind and everything else and just overwhelm it on a consistent basis. And let us taste what heaven is like a little bit frequently that we as the church may reflect that to the world. When the world comes in contact with the church, they need to see something that looks like Jesus. They need to feel something that reflects a little bit of what heaven is like. I can't do that by working with my head or with my flesh. I cannot achieve that. The Spirit of God has got to do the transformational work on the inside of me. And I must seek, pursue, I must drink from that cup that God wants to eat.